Good evening. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. It's a delight to be with you folks on this day. Say, we're working through the Ten Commandments. You heard the commandment, honor your father and mother. Um, And and with that thinking, um, I know when we begin talking about mothers and fathers, sometimes that brings up an awful lot of pain. It really can with many people, either, either the pain of being a mom or a dad or being the pain of being a child of a mom and dad, and maybe the relationships weren't, weren't quite right. Um, if you've ever benefited, benefited from counseling, you know that the hope that that can bring into those broken relationships. And the targeted giving that we've been doing with Valley Christian Counseling, it's a great opportunity for us to bring healing into this world, into those broken relationships of moms and dads and, and, and children. And so just, just consider that as your heart leads you. Let's continue with a time of prayer, though. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I, I praise you for your holy word. Heavenly Father, as you have given us commands to live out in our life, we pray for your grace and mercy that we would understand them, that we would be able to follow them. And we pray for your continued grace and mercy as your forgiveness and your love and mercy pours out into our lives. All this we pray in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, I am an odd duck. Most of you already know that, but I'm a really odd duck. I love winter. I, I really love winter, and I love big, tall snowdrifts. Hi, John. I know. I, I love big, tall snowdrifts. When I was a young child, I was home, and we had one of those marvelous blizzards that we get from around here from time to time. And we had a drift of snow that went all the way up to the top of the house. And as a child, this was a glorious thing, because finally here in Fargo, there was a mountain there's finally some terrain to look up to. And, and I saw this as, a, as something I could dig into and build a fort and, and have a place where maybe I could camp out. I, I, I love this idea. And I knew that this snowdrift was going to be a lot, around for a long time because my dad's snowblower never started. Never. It, it, it was a beast of a snowblower. It, it didn't matter how many times he pulled it. It, it just didn't go. Except on this day. I'm standing on top of my hill thinking it was glorious. And I don't know what kind of miracle started this snowblower, whether it was the fact that my dad was constantly calling on the name of Jesus Christ to get this thing started, or or whether it was a matter he he had cursed this thing to burn in hell. I'm not sure which one, but finally this snowblower roared to life and he came out pushing it ready to take down my mountain. He said, get off, get out of the way. And of course, as about a five-year-old, what do you say? No! Get down. No! Get down. I started lying to myself saying, I want to show this to my sister. That was a lie. So my dad sent me inside, and for the first time in my life, I was grounded. You know, I had to learn at that point that dad wasn't telling me to get off of that hill because he was a killjoy. Dad was telling me to get off that hill because he didn't want me to get hurt. He, he had to get rid of that snow, snow drift so that we could get to our backyard, so that we could get the trash from one side to the other side of the yard. We had to get rid of that snow drift for just the sake of the orderliness of life. 
dad was telling me to do this because he loved me and he cared for me. That's kind of what we begin talking about when we talk about the law of God. The law of God has several uses, um, three of them from what we say in our Lutheran tradition. And, and one of those is the civil use of the law. The civil use of the law is just for that. It is for daily, ordinary life. Life just tends to go better when you follow the rules. The, the second one is the theological use of it. In other words, it convicts us of our sin. It says, no, you, you, you broke that law. And if you didn't break it by actually doing it, you wanted to. And the third use is for our holy living. It's not for our salvation, but it's, a, it's for a matter of us showing the love of God to our neighbors around us. Let's think about this commandment, honor your father and mother, in the terms of the civil use. Listen to your parents. That's basically what the commandment is. Listen to your parents. And the vast majority of the time, this is a really good idea. Go to bed. Go to bed so that you can be rested in the morning. Finish your supper. Eat your vegetables so that you have a full tummy, so that that you have proper nutrition. Wear your jacket. Close the door. Have you seen the utility bills lately? Do your homework because we want you to be a really industrious person in this world so that you know the sense of accomplishment of finishing something, even if you will never use trigonometry in your life again. Do your homework so that you know how to do a task and just get it done. For those of you who are parents, did you ever swear that you were not going to become your mother or father? How many of you have become your mother or father? Mm-hmm. And how many of you are okay with that? It's the way life goes. We begin to teach our children or want our children to follow these rules just for the sake of this is what we need to do in life. Our life tends to work better. The interesting thing about this particular commandment is that there's no age limit on it. Did you notice that when you're, we were reading the Holy Scripture, it doesn't say honor your father and mother until your 18th birthday or honor your father and mother while you live under their house. It, it doesn't say that at all. In other words, what this rule is for, it's for all people of every age to honor their fathers and their mothers. You know, there comes a point in life when we kind of become friends with our parents. And then at the other end, Many of us end up becoming, well, the parents of our parents. We have to begin taking care of them. And sometimes that's one of the most difficult places for us to honor our mom and dad at the other end of life. Sometimes it means we have to have that really hard talk about driving anymore. Sometimes it means we need to talk about living arrangements. Sometimes it means we need to talk about those ugly things like power of attorney, wills, estate, and hospice care. In all of those things, in every breath that we're at, in every stage that we are at with our parents, we need to honor. We need to lift them up and do the very best that we can for them and for the sake of society. Not only is there no age limit on the commandment that we just heard here. But the idea of who are our parents gets very broad really quick. 
The church reformer by the name of Martin Luther, where um, Hope Lutheran Church gets its name, um, a, a theologian, a pastor, he, he wrote a, a small book um, for dads to teach their children, for moms and dads to teach their children at home. And, and this is what he wrote in there about who is our father and mother when it comes to the Ten Commandments. He says, what does this mean? It means that we should fear and love God so that we should not despise or anger our parents or others in authority. Did you just hear that? Or others in authority but honor them, serve them, obey them, love them, and cherish them. And all of a sudden, following this commandment gets very broad because there's other people in our life who have authority over us. Maybe it's a teacher at school. Maybe it's your supervisor at work. It's law enforcement. It's government officials elected and appointed. And the broader this this particular commandment gets, it becomes very clear awfully quick that we fail in some sense frequently on following these rules. We fail as children of our parents, but also as citizens of society. Jesus says as much. I want to go through that particular biblical text that Larry read to you. Because I think it's a really interesting, it's a really important thing for us to know that sometimes the rules, we take rules that are good and holy and righteous and we begin to twist them. And when we begin to twist them, we, we distort the meaning of it altogether. So I'm just going to give you a little background within the context of this particular reading. Um, Jesus has been doing his ministry, and he's been doing some fantastic ministry. He's been out there, and he's been walking on the water. He's been healing people. And, and all of a sudden, there's some teachers of the law and the Pharisees who are a little curious and maybe even upset with them already. And this is how it starts. The Pharisees and teachers of the law... They came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of their elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Okay, this isn't about hygiene. Okay, this isn't about me telling my children to wash their hands before they eat because this isn't about um, dirt and germs and all that starting getting affected. That, that's not what this is about. This was about a, a religious tradition where people were supposed to wash their hands before they handled sacred bread. This was actually something that only the Levites were really commanded to do. But all of a sudden, they began heaping these rules and regulations upon the ordinary people. And so they expected everybody to ceremonially wash their hands before they eat. Jesus saw the darkness in their own hearts and the trap that they were trying to lay. And Jesus addresses it right up front. He says this, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? Okay. The command of God is what he's going to talk about that we're talking about today, the, the, the commandment to honor your father and mother. For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. Um, um, you didn't hear that particular verse, that last little bit of the verse. That's actually found in Numbers um, earlier in the Old Testament. Um, anyone is to be put to death. But, but you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father and mother is, and there's quotes here, devoted to God. In Mark's gospel, there's a parallel text. It's almost the exact same lesson, but they, he, Mark changes one of the words there. Instead of devoted to God, he, he continues to use a Hebrew word there, and it's korban, what you call korban. 
can't be used to help your mother and father. Let me tell you a little bit about Corbin. This was a way for someone to take their possessions and their property and give it to God for the use in the temple. It's really a good thing, isn't it? I mean, if this is meant to worship God, they could say, I want this piece of property to go and to help people worship God. That's a, that's a good thing. That's a good tradition. But people began to learn how to take that tradition and twist it into a place where they got to keep their stuff. They began understanding it as a trust. Okay? And what they would do is say, upon my death... This piece of property shall be used for the sake of the temple. Now, what that did is now the owner of that piece of property could benefit from it. They could use it. They, they, they could hang on to it for the rest of their lives. They could not sell it, and nor could they use it to take care of daily living Things like taking care of your mom or your dad. Do you see what they just did? They put it into a trust. So now I get to keep this and I can't because it's too holy. Use it to take care of my mom and dad who really need the help for food and clothing and shelter and all those sorts of things. That is what is going on. That is the tradition that Jesus is pulling up and saying, this is wrong. This tradition of yours is breaking the very commandment of God. Honor your father and mother. Thus, he says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but, from their hearts are, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. When I hear Jesus' words, when I read Jesus' words, I realize how broken I am and how in my life I have not honored my father and mother the way I should. Think about the stories that you tell about your mom and dad or stories that your parents tell about you Sometimes these stories are laughingly awkward and sometimes they are tragically tear-filled and they show us that not only is our relationships with our, our own parents imperfect, but they also show us that our relationship with our Heavenly Father is imperfect. So how can we make this right? How can we make this right? How can we be made right with God? In preparation for this sermon, I was, I was trying to find a, a good illustration, and I found an entire book on it. It's called The Lord of the Flies. You people are going, he likes snow and the book Lord of the Flies. There's a problem with this guy. There probably is. <laughs> it, it's this, um, in some ways, wonderful book, in some ways, a very tragic book. And the tragedy in the particular understanding of this book is simply this. that there is no way, there is no way that the rules and regulations can change our corrupted nature. 
They can only at best restrain it. I think Golding has it right in that way. Unfortunately, the book leaves us with that. But there's another book from which we read here at church that tells us about the hope that comes to us in Jesus. Jesus doesn't necessarily say to us, do better. Instead, what Jesus did is he just was better. He was perfect. When we think about Jesus, he was perfect in how he did everything under the law. He fulfilled it, including this particular commandment. He was perfect when it came to following, honoring his father in heaven. Here are some of Jesus' words from John's gospel. The one who sent me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. In the 14th chapter of John, Jesus continues to speak about this in this way, that the prince of the world comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what the Father has commanded me. St. Paul writes this about Jesus' obedience and his honoring of the Father in Romans 5 this way, for just as though disobedience of the one man Adam, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus, will the many be made righteous. In Hebrews, the author of Hebrews writes it this way, son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. Folks, in the light of this commandment, I want you to know that Jesus Christ was perfect. He was completely obedient to the Father and he showed the love of God to all humankind by going to the cross and taking our sin upon him there, by dying for your sake and for my sake so that you and I might have a right relationship with God, so that you and I might have eternal, everlasting life with him, that our relationships here on earth might be mended and that we would have an eternal relationship with our Father that will never, ever be taken away from us. Folks, it's in Jesus, you and I are made perfect. It's important for us to continue to lift up this commandment and to follow it well, not for our sake, but for the sake of our neighbors around us so that they might see in our behavior the Jesus who was obedient to the point of death. I was reading an article in Christianity Today and it very clearly reminded me of how we need to respect those people who are in authority. And that goes to Luther's explanation of this commandment. Honor your father and mother. Um, In other words, honor those who are in places of authority. As I was listening or reading through this article from Christianity Today, they, they were talking about some of the difficulties that the Christian church has been having in Turkey and Syria right now. If you haven't heard the news or maybe have forgotten, let me just refresh you. Um, several weeks ago, there was a massive earthquakes there. And tens of thousands of people have died. It's an absolute tragedy. And 
Thanks be to God that there are people over there, and many of them are Christian who are trying to help out. And there are Christians coming in from all over the world to give a hand. But the Christians who are already there in Turkey and their elders, their people in authority have asked other Christians to be careful. To be careful in how they're caring for all the victims. They're basically saying, um, we want you to follow some rules and regulations while you're here. No unauthorized photos or video. In the day when cell phones and, and, and video can get out in the, in the matter in as quick as light itself, what a terrible and public shame came upon the Christian church when, when one Christian worker was rescuing a girl, which was a great thing, but, but what he was doing at the same time is Facebook living his own actions for the whole world to see. What that did was this. It made people look at him and not Christ. Okay. In other words, he was shining the light upon him, his own selfish actions and not the light of Christ. And so what they're saying to, to Christians who come to help is, please leave, do, 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 please no unauthorized photos or video. Come to help. Yes, we, we need that. We need food. We need water. We need clothing. We need shelter. Bring those things. Just bring those four things. Food, clothing, water, shelter. Bring those things for us. And then this elder, Ilias Uyar, said this. He says, you see, when we lay down our lives and ask nothing in return, people will become curious and where they will ask, does this love come from? That is when they ask that question, then we will point them to the cross and show them the love of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, I want you to know Jesus saves you. His obedience to his Father absolutely saves you. His cross, it saves you. His empty tomb, it saves you. Follow this commandment for it will go well in your life. It will be better in your life as you follow it. And when you do, when you do, when you follow this commandment and ask nothing in return, people will become curious and ask, where does this love come from? And then, and then, it'll be your opportunity to show them the one who loves them. Amen. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, I praise you for who you are. Thank you for your son Jesus' obedience to your will in this world. Heavenly Father, give to us your light and your peace and your strength to honor our fathers and mothers. This we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said,